I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I am Julio Gallarotti. I am joined by Francis Ellis. Francis, how you doing? I'm swell. Good to see you. Good to see you. We're still in our sort of like uh, renovation stage here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the by the next episode, we should have our studio fully figured out. But we're st- it's still pretty good. Sounds fine. We're Video's pretty, fine. Yeah, we're That's pretty close to. Yeah. we're pretty close to 100. percent But you know, we like to keep things perfect for y'all. Yes, we um, do. How you doing, man? You know, I'm pretty well, dude. I've been exercising a lot. Really? And you know why? Because uh, you have nothing else to do? No, no. <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> I got to say, moving into this new place, which is so sick, I don't, I don't feel the need to leave home that often. Right. That's true. I just don't, I don't feel cramped. The new apartment's a glow up for sure. Yeah. It's sick. We'll do a tour or something at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Cribs. That'd be fun. That would actually be sick. But here's the reason that I've been exercising so much. First of all, I have two very, very close friends that live within 50 feet of me. Oh, that's amazing. On, in this building? This, no, on the street. So cool. one lives at the end of the street right on the corner. Okay. And then the other lives on the street, up the street. Got it. Abba. Oh, yeah. Who I've talked about Yeah, before. I know Abba, yeah. Abba played tennis at Harvard. He's mm-hmm. a total stud. One of my dearest friends. And so I have to tell you, I've never lived so close to friends like this, not since college. It's great. And we now see each other like four days a week. That's crazy. I'll just, just like casually popping over. Yeah, he comes over to, you know, say hi, grab something, or mm-hmm. I'll go over there to play a little bit of video games or something. But the the thing that's really fun is he's decided I, I put him through a workout. Uh, okay. Like a, over the weekend uh he came over we used the gym in this building nice and he didn't want to do it he's an athlete but he kind of goes in and out of shape right uh and i put him through a workout and it, i kicked his ass do you find that you work out harder in that situation too i wouldn't necessarily say harder but having a partner to work out with enables me to do things that i can't do by myself interesting like and what? i like that Standing on the, on his feet and doing the medicine ball shit like that kind of stuff. Yeah, or or more, it's like we'll do a circuit and I'll do an exercise while he goes down to the opposite end doing lunges, and then once he gets back, I switch and do the lunges. Okay, cool. And so we rely on each other. That's great to, to sort of like push each other to get get out of the more difficult thing. Do you do that? Are you like, let's go? Come on, you could do it. Are, do you guys? do We that? haven't really because we feel a little weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't see you that on you. But he I would did like, it. He said it, and it was more natural coming from him. I can see that, and it hearkened us back to pushing a teammate yes. on in college. Yes. Let's go, and it was invigorating a little bit. But I don't have it. It's not natural to me anymore. Right, right. Back in the day, I was like, come on, push yourself, or like. <sighs> Dude, and I honestly calling I, everybody by their last name. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Sopra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Summers, get your ass yeah. in line. Because, <laughs> dude, I mean, I am definitely not that kind of guy either. But like, I was captain of my team. It's like, amazing. I ha- and I, I actually wish that I journaled more then, so I could like understand <laughs> what was going through my head. 
And I'm like, all right, guys, we're here. Like, if I'm giving, if I'm that guy saying that shit, like, yeah. that's just not me, dude. I hated like one, two, three. Like, who yeah. do you play for? Like all those. Like, I hated that. I always hated all that shit. I have always found that coaches uh, all say different versions of the same thing. Right. Right. The and it it therefore makes you wonder what makes a good coach versus not a good coach. Let me ask you this. I when I watch professional sports, this is I'm answering that question by I wasn't changing right. the subject. When I watch professional sports and when they mic up the coach, the coach says the same shit like you said that like a high school coach would say. Right. To the point where I'm wondering if he just knows he's mic'd during that time right. and is saying the most neutral possible shit or if that is actually what they're saying. It's a great point. Cuz there's only so much to say. It's all nonsense. <laughs> It's all just, you know, vague, inspiring language spoken in these broad, these very broad platitudes. Yes, yes um, exactly. But <laughs> then that makes me think that what separates a very good coach from a not a very good coach is strategy and play calling, right? Right. Because some coaches are just better at that than others. Or not. Maybe there's nuance to the approach. Greg Popovich is a better coach teacher of basketball strategy than many other nba coaches and maybe and maybe a better executor of it too he's like the basketball's version of a technocrat you bring him in to fucking yeah i know he's my my, yes but my point is that greg popovich won all those championships with great teams yes but not a lebron james no you're right sure tim duncan was a spectacular team yes basketball but, but it was all the way that they move the ball, the way that they bought in. True, true. And that is inspiration leadership, but also technical play calling and, and maneuvering. Totally. And his personality doesn't come out right away, but like over the past couple of years, I've started to see that he's like a very compassionate individual. Yeah. And I wonder how much that has to do with it. Showing you care about these, inc- these incredible athletes as right. a business. You know, how do you get them to play their best? Like, it's such an interesting topic. That you, you it, it is. And that it brings me to my next point, which is that as a coach, right, when you're, when you're trying to rev your players up and impress upon them that one game means more than most, you can only rely on that inspirational speech of, you know, this morning my aunt passed away. And I want you guys to win this one for her. Right. There's that. So many times. That's, you can't right. play that card. You only have so many aunts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. bless so you all get, of them. You get one or two of those where the guys think that they're playing for more than just the scoreboard or whatever it is. Right. That's one. Another one is sort of like the, 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 the short time period. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want this to count like two years from now? Are you going to be doing this and that? Or are you going to be doing this? Right. Da, da, da. There's that, and then there's take a knee. <laughs> yeah. Then you bring the big man into it. Yeah. Bring bring God Get into it. The whole it. religion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> our Father who art in heaven. What, what, what um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something about about uh, coaching Abba. Well, sure. Okay, I'll go back to that. But I did have another thought. Um. My my thought about so so Ab I was coaching him we were doing these exercises together and we had a great workout and he liked it so much that the moment he got home he immediately texted me and was like let's do it again tomorrow awesome and we've now worked out three times together wow in a week wow and, and I imagine those are hard fucking workouts so they are that's like a week, that's probably enough for the week for for him 
Yes, but he has now, by finding that one of his friends is willing to basically give him free personal training sessions. <laughs> He's milking you. Is taking advantage of it. And he keeps saying in six months, six months how jacked he's going to be and he's right. really excited and, I, and i'm very happy to to sort of shepherd him there right um but i guess my question is that oh yeah working out with a friend like that's not something that i ever did before right it's so, so when great. i lived farther away what from a great people. thing and so yeah i've been i've been working out with my friend abba a lot do you worry that you're going to get him into better shape than you yourself are in no. <laughs> That's good. That's good. No, because his pitfalls are far more dramatic than mine. <laughs> At least you had thought that through. At least you had thought it through. He's just well, even if Friendly I had competition. I, I I have noticed that all my friends of all, I would say that I'm now in the best shape of all my friends. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but it's it's funny because we were all the same at one point. Right, right. There right. was a, a a group commitment to being in in good shape well was it because you were all we're all former athletes, athletes. Yeah, yeah right but you mean after college as well after college got it got it got it, got it. everyone it, would work out we all played men's basketball leagues my right. my friend doug would, would work out like a maniac he was super jacked yeah i gotta and play now, tennis with abba still everybody has kind of one by one succumbed to right. to giving up totally <laughs> but it's funny there always is that friend who still works out the way you worked out in college one of my pals from the tennis team has an Aerodyne bike in his apartment. Oh, God. I'm like, dude, let it go, man. Those are you don't need, Those things are terrible, I know. That's a nightmare. Um, if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, these are the bikes where like you move it with your hands and you pedal, but there's like a fan a in it. Huge fan. So no it. matter how hard you go, like the resistance is terrible if you're not trying or if you're trying really hard. Yeah. And it like makes you puke. It's like one of the few things that consistently makes me feel like I have to throw up. Yeah. That's, That's a really terrible. rough. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know why I mentioned this, having a friend no, nearby. Because now the, the changes with living in a new place, the things, how that can the, change the dynamic of your life in a positive yeah, way. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel the need to leave here. And part of the reason, too, is that my friends come over and we, I live so close. We're having a group, uh, you know, a five person dinner tonight. It's and great. we're, we, Fantastic. this other couple that lives down the block, they, what I've found, which is cool at 31 is that we are now friends with other couples who are very good at cooking as well. It's great. And put an emphasis on cooking. It's a great point. And cooking for four people is really fun. Yeah. Cooking for six people is a little more stressful, but cooking for four is really fun and we trade off. And that means like last week we did two meals. We cooked for the couple and then the next night they cooked for us. That's great. And you're getting two home cooked meals for the price of one right that's true and it's really nice it's really great man that's it's really, really that's, nice that's really really great yeah i'd love to be doing that in my life soon and yeah. not, not to you know keep harping about it but when when we were in georgia i noticed that i was impressed with claire who was who was hosting us um i was impressed how well she cooked for a big group it's hard and it's such an incredible like thing that that's the thing that really makes you feel like an adult it does. You know, and yeah. it's a nice it's a nice feeling. I find that I am not a good enough cook to be able to do anything new for six people. Well, that's, you know, that's, I wouldn't take a risk right, on a new right, recipe right, 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 right. for six people. But dude, do you know what the secret to cooking is, Julia? What? Following a recipe. <laughs> 
That's all it is, dude. It's right there. It's right in front it's, of you. Everybody. It's right there. And yes, you know, there are certain things that require a little bit more of a touch or an experience level. But dude, you follow the recipe and I'm talking You'd be amazed what I'm would talking happen. exactly. Yes, yeah. You know, you don't you don't like eyeball a right. t- tablespoon right. of something. Right. You follow it exactly. You follow the time and you don't improvise and even if it's not perfect, it's not far off. Dude, that's it's great advice. There, it's the instructions are there. It's totally In true. what other realm do we just sort of say like, ah, I think I know what I'm doing. I know, I know. I if know. you had an Ikea dresser, you wouldn't just throw out the manual and be like, ah, I see these I pieces. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Once you've cooked one dresser, you cook them all. <laughs> You're right, though, man. It's very straightforward. Like, yeah. But people, people go rogue. They do. It's funny, man. They yeah. do. So the other thing about that, too, like. It's nice when you have a a relationship with a group where everybody's pulling their weight. It would mm-hmm. suck if you were cooking well and then they were not cooking well. Yes. That would be a thing you wouldn't want to engage in. Well, there's another dynamic to this, which is kind of funny, which is that when we cooked our dinner, I cooked it. Mm-hmm. And I like to cook. Mm-hmm. But at their house, the guy doesn't cook at all. Got it. And the the girl, the wife was kind of giving him a little bit of, but gentle, but giving him a little bit of shit because you were cooking. Because I had cooked and I worry that I'm going to make him look bad. Right, right, right. I know that sounds douchey, but I know I, I don't want to like upset. That's the thing. You're not even making him look bad. You're like putting, potentially putting him in a compromising situation. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's I think it's fine, you know. It's fine. I think it's fine. But dude, it is important to pull your weight. And it was funny because Hillary is really helpful usually. But when we were down there, she wasn't feeling well. And just to fuck with her, I went down there one day and I was like, "Hey, listen. So we just had a group meeting, and uh, we decided that if you don't, if you're not at a place where you can pull your weight tomorrow, we're gonna take you out back and shoot you." <laughs> She enjoyed that. <laughs> what a lovely warning. I know, right? Hey, heads up. We had a talk. <laughs> so, dude, it was funny because I am just like not that good of a cook. Like, it's when I was younger, I actually used to be better at it, but like I haven't really had my own kitchen but in dude, so long that like I don't cook that well now. But you say that. And I feel pressure. You are a good cook if you follow the recipe. No, totally. But there still is like a, a knowing your way around the kitchen element that I don't have that you have inevitably. You need, the, like, it would just take me a really long time and I would fuck up still. So th- that is true. You need some practice. That The time changes, right? It takes you longer to cut vegetables than it takes me. It takes yes. you longer to know, what, oh, I, what should thing start, use. I should start boiling the water now because it's going to take exactly. five minutes. Timing everything. Those are the things that do take some time. Yes. But most recipes will outline yeah. when you should start boiling or when you should preheat your oven, stuff like that. So I'm I'm making a commitment to try to get better and better at cooking. So the next time I find myself in that situation, I don't feel this pressure to like constantly be trying to help yeah. because I feel like I'm not helping at all. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, I easiest hate that way, the easiest way to help is to to really take 
the dishes. I knew you were going to say that. And Dude, I was thinking that. And, and I did. really do it. I did. I did. I was helpful. I pulled. I rolled my sleeves up. I was like ready. I okay, did the dishes really hard after one of the lunches. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. When you do the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. Are you putting everything in the dishwasher? Are you wiping the countertop? Like, yes. And soaking the greasy pans, like doing, like doing okay, it all. You're soaking the greasy pans. Yeah. Once they've soaked, do you finish them by scrubbing them down and then drying them and putting them back? Okay, so the only reason the answer is no is because, okay, empty the dishwasher, then wipe down all the dishes and everything. And there was a lot of shit. The, the, it was completely full. Wash them to the point where they will sufficiently actually wash in the dishwasher and then prepare the things that couldn't be washed at that moment to be finished. So I did like almost everything. Okay. All right. That's fine. I felt good about myself. I will say that when we, we you talk about these group couples trips, the kitchen tends to become a problem quickly. Yes. It's yes. where everyone congregates and it gets dirty the quickest. Yes. And once the kitchen is dirty, unless someone is a hero, it can ruin the house that you're staying yeah, definitely. in. Definitely. It never got to that point. Every I would honestly say every single person was very helpful. And granted, like, you know, Claire, the host, was obviously probably pulling the most weight. She was cooking all the time. Yeah. She wanted to be all the stuff, but like everybody was helpful. There wasn't like a sore thumb, I didn't think. Got it. Because it I have learned that there's a difference between what guys think doing the dishes and cleaning the kitchen is and actually doing and it. what it actually is. Totally. Dude, that, those words were echoing in my brain as I was trying to be helpful. Here's here's how the, the best way that I can describe a finished, clean kitchen. All right, let's hear it. When you wake up in the morning and you come into the kitchen, you don't know that someone had a meal there the night before. Right, right, right. Totally. That's a clean kitchen. Yes, absolutely. There's no smell. There's no stain. There's right. no grease. There's nothing left out. Right. Plates, utensils, even if they're clean, nothing drying. Right, right. That's a clean kitchen. Yes. Yes. It's hard. It's hard. But dude, I, I was like very committed to like getting ahead of it and not having to feel like I needed to catch up, which is also important. Yes. If you finish a kitchen to that degree, those people in that house will love you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the girl who cooked the food. Right. Right. They will they will speak highly of you. Totally. That's totally. a very big piece that I've learned in my life. I think I would I think I would get a good grade. Good. I think I would. I'm excited good. about it. So dude, um while I was down there I heard a very funny story. Okay. And this story, I don't know if this is a good lesson or not, but this is why you don't confess. <laughs> if oh. you're trying to get away with something and you're just like, fuck, I'm a hundred percent gonna get caught, I'm gonna get caught, don't confess, and this is why. This kid told me this story. He went to a very, very good school, top tier university. He was in a fraternity. They had some party bus. And apparently everybody on the party bus was doing cocaine. Everybody's doing drugs on the party bus. At the end of the, the, the bus or whatever, the next day, the bus driver emailed the head of the fraternity guy who, who was in charge of putting the bus together. And he was like, I have video of all of you doing cocaine. Wow. And I'm going to the university uh, with the footage. And essentially, like what was going to happen is they were going to get the frat was going to get kicked off campus. Everybody was going to be fucked and they didn't know what to do. He's like, I'm going in next week and I'm going to rat all of you out. And they're like, what the fuck do we do? They end up doing nothing. Listen to this. 
the morning of that guy's meeting with the school, he died. <laughs> and they completely got away with it. The footage died with the bus driver. He died. What the, did he die of? Like a heart attack or something? I don't know. But he died the day he was going to go wrap I'm going to be honest. There's another way that this story goes, which is that those fraternity brothers killed the bus driver. <laughs> that is how the story sounds to me. And dude, this is a firsthand story. This isn't an urban legend. But dude, yeah, you're right. Some foul play, perhaps. Dude, that's hilarious. I mean, it's not hilarious that the guy died, but the no. idea that like, that's terrible that he died. But like, you why know, was he waiting a week to bring the news in? I think maybe that's like when they could see him. Was there any part of the bus driver who might have been willing to accept a bribe? Maybe. Did they explore that option? I don't think so. I, and so actually, just, I actually, you know, no, no. I think they actually did explore that option, but he was just being like doing the righteous thing and was going to rat them out. What? amount of money would you have been willing to contribute in their situation to pay the bus driver off? I would be willing to contribute all of my money because <laughs> I'm in college, dude, you know, like your, your bright years are ahead of you. Yeah. I would also hope that there's some kid whose father in the, fr in the fraternity is, has a shit ton of money. Yeah. And I'd be like, dude, you have to tell your dad and get him involved to make him. Boy, I wonder what that bus driver could have made if he were willing he to. He could have made so much money what, what do you think what do you think a hundred i actually think hundred grand i bet more dude it just depends whose dad who are the parents of these kids i think he would have accepted a hundred grand knowing that bus driver as well as i think i did <laughs> i but think dude, that's the number when you think in he... cash dude a hundred thousand dollars in cash <laughs> which is 180 grand it's a lot of money after taxes yeah. you i mean listen you might think you're caught but you're never caught until you're caught <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Dude, I saw something funny. This lady was playing the piano mm -hmm. and uh, she was asking, this was when I was in the Bahamas. She was playing the, the piano for people and there's people sitting and watching. Yeah. And she was asking for requests. And there are these Canadian kids there. And they're like, do you have any Drake? And she goes, Drake? Drake? <laughs> <laughs> like the way the soldier the boy. The way soldier boy did. Dude, it was the funniest thing. And then I, I was in the other room and then I just hear all of them going, Drake? Drake? <laughs> like the whole fucking, like what are the odds of that? Did she end up playing some Drake? She doesn't know who Drake is. Oh, so she was being serious. Yes. Oh. She wasn't quoting Soldier Boy. No, she sincerely just happened to say the exact things that Soldier Boy That's said. That's nuts. In the exact tone. And then she's like, my kids will probably make fun of me for not knowing. Like, Drake? Drake? I used to play. I had that job. 
Oh, oh yeah, you did. That was like I your first a, good a gig. Piano player right? at a hotel in high school. In high school, that's it's so nice to have skills for that reason. Like it's that <laughs> I'm serious, man. It's a thing that we both have in common. Like there's manual labor and then there's skilled manual labor. Uh-huh. And you know, to to a degree, that's like the white collar of manual labor playing the piano. Yeah, I guess it is. I would hardly call uh, playing the piano manual labor, but I guess it's exactly what it is. Manuals is of the hand, right? You're getting paid to, to work with your hands. you're using your hands, yeah. It's a stretch, but dude, the same way that teaching tennis, in my opinion, is the same thing. That's like, a good point. It gave me an opportunity to make a higher hourly wage, but it's still just that, an hourly wage. Mm. This guy that I was talking to the other day made a good point. He's like, dude, have you noticed how like, He's a guy who has like a really good job and he's in a group of people with who have a have really good jobs. He's like, it's crazy that just like by going to college, like my work week, he's like, I'm not working the entire fucking day. He's like, he and I think about if I worked with my hands, he's like, I'd be working a much larger percentage of yeah. my day. And yeah. it would be much harder. He's like, and that's fucked up. And I was like, fuck, that is kind of fucked up. College is a little bit like camp. Is that what you mean? No, he means like by by going to college, you like get opportunities to these oh. jobs where you don't have to work as much. Sorry, I didn't understand that. I was like, that's like kind of a fucked up concept. But yeah, I guess it's true. Yeah, being able to work in front of an air conditioning unit is a big differentiator in life. Totally. But I do have so much respect for construction workers. I I always thought that that job once you're in it would be rewarding in many ways and i mean it pay, certainly pays very well from what i there, understand you, you think about this our jobs don't make us tired right 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 there are that. a lot of people who have jobs who at the end of their day their beer tastes better yes their head hitting the pillow feels better yeah their you know weekends feel better than that, ours. Must, that must be that must feel good too. Uh, yeah, to I'm not degree. I'm not saying I would trade places. I really right. appreciate what I've got, but yes. I will say that I have to work to be tired. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. I have to work out. I right. have to do something extra in order to get that feeling of fatigue. <laughs> Dude, I, I had to pay two thousand dollars for a Peloton bike. Right. To yeah, right. Right. To make my beer taste good. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And, and you know, I know, and, and people say, you know, you don't need to go to college. You certainly don't need to go to college. It just seems like, unfortunately, by doing it, you make your life much easier. I wonder how much that's all going to change after COVID. In what capacity, though? Like, you, like people... The value of a college degree. First of all, it threw so many current college students or prospective college students uh into sort of flux mm-hmm. it made a lot of kids reconsider right well just because of the, the learning style so you're saying that maybe it won't recover well for i think people were having a hard kids who were about to head to college were having a hard time justifying paying full tuition for online learning right right, right, right. what is the value of an online degree if you could pay so much less for the you know the university of phoenix or whatever or well, some of these trade schools. I, I I don't know exactly what it is, but for so long, online degrees were seen as less than. Right, right, right. And okay. now all degrees are online. Right, right, right. It's the only way. And it should, in theory, lower the cost of college tuition, I would think. Assuming that, you know, and the if, traditional style of learning doesn't return. Yes. And if that's the case, then I would only imagine that as people realized what a joke 
online learning is for a lot of these kids, that college degrees will no longer hold the same importance. Very interesting predictions for sure. I mean, yeah, like, dude, we'll see. I guess you're right. It definitely throws those things into question. Mm. I think that things will become quote unquote normal again. Could be. Chris, you don't think so? Francis? I don't know what normal is anymore. Mm. I don't know what the next normal is. Right. I think we will take a lot of these things with us. And Mm -hmm. I hope that once the option to return to the way things were is available, people will will choose a different route or or have a have a slightly modified version of it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree when it comes to the workplace and stuff. I think I read this the other day, someone was saying like kind of like a silver lining of this year is that we've realized we don't need to have the same kind of work week that we thought we did. It's that, but it's also Coachella. Right. Do like, we need Coachella? Well, is Coachella done? You think Coachella's done? You don't think 2022 we see Coachella? Or even this year? There was talk of how the younger people are going to come out of this and begin a decade similar to the Roaring Twenties and the Jazz Age that America experienced following the end of World War I and leading up to the Great Depression, mm. where it was a country of excess and partying and right. pleasure and wealth, and nobody wanted to take anything seriously. Hedonism. And they're saying, yeah, they're saying that that's what's going to happen. Interesting. That it's just going to be orgies <laughs> and all these people. And you know what? You know what I will say? Hear that, kids? I, I'm so glad if that's what's about to happen. I'm so glad about the age that I'm at, where I'm 31. Mm-hmm. If that breaks out and we're about to have eight years of that, ten years of that, <laughs> I can join in until midnight. Oh, that's funny. And then I'll be like, I'm going home. <laughs> My girlfriend and I will go. We'll go to the balls. We'll go to the, the dance clubs. We'll go have the fun. But it won't get out of hand. We will be old enough that we will be the ones who check out at midnight. You can do it with relative moderation. And we won't stay out till six in the morning right. and have multiple sexual partners and do tons <laughs> of drugs and, and you know, all of that. I'm, I'm so far past that. It's hard to know when to stop. You're right. When you first start like partying and stuff, like it's hard to have, you need the experience to know yeah. what the right dosage is. But we're not so over the hill that right. we won't be able to participate at all. I You'll hope. be able to enjoy it. I hope. I've, yeah. Well, yeah, the moment you have a baby, you're out of that game. Yeah. At least for, for, for 18 years or something. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah. All right, dude, we got some good emails. Good. Let's dive in. these puppies open. Here mm-hmm. we go. This one is called Last Pick in Bachelor Party. Mm. Here we go. Oh, we've talked about this. Yes. Yeah. And this, I think that's what brought this on. Your conversation about the sweet spot in a wedding party is being, uh, is being the last draft pick made me recall my experience in this spot. A few summers back, I got a FaceTime asking me to be a groomsman for a wedding, and I was shocked. We were good friends, but didn't expect that ask. Come wedding day, everything you guys said was true. I had zero obligations, was having a great time, but the drinking had me flying too close to the sun. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The groom's little sister was getting a little flirtatious, and I was doing a great job dodging all night, but once back at the Airbnb, I walked out of the bathroom to her standing, waiting for me, and I lost that battle to say the least. (laughs) 
Oh no! The kicker, <laughs> the kicker is, I met the groom in college because I was dating his older sister. Oh my goodness! And we remained friends after that breakup. The next morning at brunch with the wedding parties and uh, and new couple, it was clear to the uh, that the entire family was upset with me to the point that the sisters got in a verbal shouting match about it. Wow! I know. Um, luckily, we're all still friends, but I live in fear. Knowing my friend has the trump card in his back pocket, that if I ever stepped out of line, he can always pull out the "you almost ruined my wedding" card. Mm. Pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. Listen, let me tell you something. The way he puts it, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's like. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know that there's. I'm sure that his version is a little bit. It's more self-serving than than actually what happened. How are you gonna bang you? How are you gonna be a groomsman and bang the groom's little sister, dude? That's what I'm wondering. How are they? How are they still friends? I can count on one hand the number of times that I have walked out of a bathroom or a room and been surprised to find someone who was five steps ahead of me on the road to sex. <laughs> right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I wonder. Was she standing naked? Probably. Yeah, like where where know. you're like, oh, I didn't know we were, you know, where you become the woman. <laughs> where you're like, I didn't know we were doing that. Right, or, right, you know, right. uh, I it's so it's amazing that that's what happened. Like, because you know, that's like some James Bond shit, <laughs> dude. Totally. And, uh, dude, I, I if that happened to me, if I walk out of the room, and I'm trying, to, it probably has at some point, at some point in my life. But like you walk out of the bathroom and someone's standing there naked waiting for you and you weren't expecting it. I would just go, yes. <laughs> I would give an audible yes. I'd be like, this is, I'd be like, I need a second to enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, All right, let's fucking do it or whatever. I think I could also see you being the capricious prankster that you are going, <laughs> wait, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, what is this? And just, just like trying to freak them out. <laughs> What do you think of me? Dude, That'd be funny good. in the moment if you had the wherewithal to to pull that off. I know. I mean, I don't. I don't know about this guy. I I, <laughs> I don't feel bad for him at all. No. Uh, but I also don't think. Lucky. You know, the family they need to sort that out amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's a tough one, man. I don't know. Listen, I wouldn't make a groomsman of anyone whom I thought had any chance of hooking up with my second sister with right. another sister by accident <laughs> I or, totally. or better. I don't, so I don't have a sister and I just don't understand that feeling, but I, but I do know that no one that I know who has a sister is like, Oh, you bang my sister, dude. Fuck. Yeah. yeah That's right. never happened in the history of sisterdom. So I have an, I have an older <laughs> sister <laughs> and here's what I would just say. Uh, I think there's a big difference as a brother between having a an older sister versus having a younger sister. Right. That makes sense. With your younger sister, you feel very protective. With my older sister, she was the one who did all the firsts. So she drank alcohol first. Right. You know, I, I'm very confident she lost her virginity before I did. And therefore, she had broken those barriers with my parents 
which made it a lot easier for me. Laid the groundwork for And you. I was very grateful for it. But at the same time, as a result, I never felt protective of her because she was the grown-up right. b- between us. She was the groundbreaker. She was the, you know, the, the adult in the room. Uh, and if anything, she had to kind of look out for me. Well, it's a good thing that she did. I think that's Absolutely. an important thing, too. Like, if, for example, if she was the type of sister that was, like, hooking up with your friends, I, like... I wonder how would you have felt about that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. For, fortunately, she had the grace not to, um, and I don't know if that's just because my the friends grace. were so ineligible. But <laughs> I will also say that in in a few instances, there were times where you know, uh, friends of hers or guys that she was friends with would tell me how hot they thought she was, and I was always like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> What do you like? Why would you say that to me? That always rubbed me the wrong way. It didn't. It didn't. It was. It wasn't like I was gonna fight them or anything. Right. Right. You're just like what? Are, like. Dude. But I was just like, why are you? What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you Shut like up. inciting? Yeah. That's not a You're good. Just luck. an asshole. Yeah. Uh. But then you get to an age, I guess, where, and it's funny because my sister was single for a long time, uh, when she was living alone in New York before she met her lovely husband and my mom would occasionally ask me to like set her up or ask if I had anyone pal. to set her up with. And I was like, if it was such a strange thing, <laughs> you know, but that's a generational thing too. Right. Because in my mom's generation, people would set their friends up with their siblings. Right. They right. wanted their friends right. to date their siblings. Interesting. That's very interesting. And, that doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah, definitely not. In my experience. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. That's, dude, so... Have you read Aziz Ansari's Modern Romance? No. It's really good. I would highly suggest anyone read it. It's not goofy, comic, Aziz Ansari throwing out quips about bad dates. Mm-hmm. It's a social science, graph-heavy researched that's book crazy. that's crazy from a very smart person about dating and how it's evolved interesting and it's phenomenal that's cool you should read it yeah i will because it, it shows you how things have changed dude like really quickly my grandmother was telling me about how and i don't remember when she was telling me this but she had a date in high school where she was at a boarding school and this guy that she was writing letters to <laughs> was at a different boarding school and they agreed when they came home from Christmas break to meet under the clock tower at Grand Central Station <laughs> before going to a movie in New York City. How romantic. And it was like they were going to meet at, you know, 2 p.m. on a Saturday right, right. under the clock tower at Grand Central Station. Now, if either of their trains are delayed if either of them misses the train it's over yeah there's no backup plan there's no texting to say i'm "I'm a little late there's no texting to say did you mean this clock tower (laughs) if 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 anything goes wrong they don't have their date yeah and so in that regard dating has become much more easy but at the same time i think a lot of the romance is lost 
There's so much excitement in riding that train and waiting under the clock tower in that first glimpse of each other. And even just logistically, man. Dude, they planned that date like four weeks thanks to the U.S. Postal Service. They had to plan it four (laughs) weeks ahead of time. And that's the thing. Those letters, like you can accomplish that in 10 minutes of texting, (laughs) which is like, how are people going to be married for 70 years? Yeah. It's it's the equivalent of like 20, 20 years. That's like being married 200 years. It is. That's fucking crazy. Right? Have we talked about uh, the divorce ranking game before? No. This is a pretty sick game, but I really like to play it. Let's hear it. Okay. You so rank, Is this about ranking couples? Yeah. <laughs> this is good. And the this likelihood of the couples you last? know that will get divorced. <laughs> but here's, the, here's, and this is a crazy cynical point, but when you think about the fact that divorce rate in America is around 50%, and some people argue that that's a false number, but I still believe it. Maybe even higher than 50%. So one in two marriages fails, right? What is it that, what are the factors that tend to keep marriages together? Well, one is religion, right? Mm -hmm. There are religions that really frown or pawn or deter divorce. Uh, Another is uh, having children, right? And so... That those are things that tend just to... having too much skin in the game too. Yeah, like that could be a thing. We're like, fuck it, let's just get through this. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, or or arranged marriages is another one. Like okay. if your parents set you up and you get married, you're not going to get divorced. People just don't get divorced when they're dude in 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 countries where that's the custom. Right, right, right. right. You don't want to suck it up. Shame yeah. your family right. by saying this this marriage that you set up is not going to work. Right. So none of my friends are either in arranged marriages or uh or are very religious right right they're not held together by some sacred sacrament right. a god between a bond between god and themselves so with those factors out of the way then you look at what sort of couples what are the reasons that couples do get divorced well money is a huge one that's the reason why they do yes that's probably also a reason why they don't could be but I think I think financial differences and you know disagreements about money oh, okay. yes. are yeah. a big reason for why people will get yes yeah okay. as well as obviously like uh, you know philandering and and stepping yeah. away and all of that and I will say that when I talk about my friends it's for the most part uh, non religious people who have money yes which. To me, puts prime, them in a far prime. higher likelihood bracket of, getting divorced. of being divorced. Yes. So let's say that they are in a higher likelihood than 50%, which is the national average. Okay. Let's say that conservatively, six out of my 10 friends okay. will 60%, get divorced. 60%. That's, 60%. Yeah, that's fucking bleak. It's bleak. Yeah. And it might even be higher. But you're right. This is a high-risk group for divorce. It's a high-risk group. It's young, wealthy, non-religious couples living in New York City. Yeah. High risk. That's a high-risk group. High risk. Right? So then I love to say, like, who's the number one couple I know? (laughs) (laughs) And then you go from there. And then there are couples who I would say are completely safe. Right. Well, I'm like, in a million years, I couldn't see them getting divorced. safe. But. I would encourage anyone listening, play this That's game with your game. significant other and see, <laughs> in fact, don't even, don't even uh, say it out loud. Why don't the two of you 
on separate pieces of paper at the dinner table tonight. Oh, that's rank good. the the eight couples, the five, the ten couples, whatever it is that you know, the closest ones that are heading towards marriage or are married, in the likelihood of most likely to get divorced, least likely to get divorced, and uh, see if you line up in your predictions. It's pretty funny. It's a very cynical game, that's but it's good, quite. That's fun. good. That's a good yeah. game, dude. Damn. <laughs> it might be fun to do that, like as a, at a dinner party. If there would be a way I, to have I it be can, anonymous. Dude, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, you should not play this game with anyone <laughs> outside of your significant other. You're right. I you should not play it. without with anyone outside. It'd be a crazy game. And if you do people get so butthurt. Especially yes. Oh my god. If you do, especially if you're with a couple that's either engaged or married, you need to tell them right off the bat that they were they were in your safe column. That you, they were, and just lie, just lie right. if it's not the case. Right, right. Besides the people sitting here, yeah, you can never oh, let a couple know that they were anything other than safe, because then they will hate you. It for becomes it. a self fulfilling prophecy too. They start like being all fucked up about it. Yeah, you can ruin the relationship by playing the game. Yeah, dude, that's funny. Play that game. That's a great game, dude. Speaking of which, you're talking about uh, the stuff with the sister or whatever. Like, you don't say like your sister's hot. You also don't say your mom's hot. It's yeah. a little more acceptable, but you don't do that. But it's funny because I have a uh, an interesting loophole. Oh, for this, not for saying your mom's hot, but Good. you know how you say like your mom. I'm with your mom, dude. Yeah, right. So I live with a family. Right. Right. So there's of parents and children. They're not children. Everybody's adults, but like <laughs> the kids are like my age ish, a little younger, and the yeah. parents are parents. So sometimes my boy Phil will hit me up and be like, "Dude, what are you up to?" And I'll be standing with his mom. So I'll be like chilling with your mom, dude. <laughs> and I'm actually chilling with his mom. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not even saying it like that. I'm just yeah. like chilling with your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's fun. I felt the need to share that. Yeah. Does he ever <laughs> Does he ever take it the wrong way? No, because I'm literally chilling with his mom. Yeah. If I were to like say something fucked up, he would, of course, take it the wrong way. And I never would. And yeah. his, mom's, his mom's lovely. That's great. So, you know, it's good. Hey, super fun episode. Why don't you take us out of here, Julio? happily i'd love to um guys oops the podcast we love you this is our it's not our third year but it is the third year that we've been doing this 2021 we're super psyched about it we want to keep growing we want to hear from you guys hit us up comment on our shit engage us like help us get huge it'll be cool uh that we can all say we started this together Mm -hmm. so uh email us oops the podcast at gmail.com at oops the podcast on instagram um i think that's it that's it thank you guys and uh have fun out there